Hey there, Leah Ryan here. Welcome to episode seven of the Authors Read podcast. Today's author is Lucinda Bakken White, and she'll read from her book, Confessions of a Bone Woman. Greetings, this is Lucinda Bakken White. I'll be reading from my memoir called Confessions of a Bone Woman Realizing Authentic Wildness in a Civilized World. My book takes the reader on a journey through my life as I immerse into the material world to achieve the American dream and become successful by all external measures, only to find that it does not make me happy. It was very painful to feel I was not seen or valued for who I was on the inside. That realization set me on a journey of self-discovery and transformation as I learned how to become my own authority bringing greater meaning and higher purpose to my life. Now I will read an excerpt from Chapter 4, Disconnected from Nature. By my 27th birthday, I realized something was wrong. I was living the dream with three girls in a condo near the beach in Santa Monica, and I commuted to IBM in my Porsche. I was suntanned, blonde, and pretty, not to mention social, kind, and smart, too. My credentials looked great on paper. I was responsible. I paid my bills on time, and I earned a proper living. I had done everything my father and the surrounding culture told me to do. The promise was that if I did as they said, I'd be happy, loved, and adored. Therefore, it made no sense that I was miserable. And then one day, I finally felt the big lie in my body. Sitting in a customer meeting, I felt assaulted. The smell of old coffee made me nauseous. The monotonous whir of giant mainframe computers grated on my nerves, while super cold air conditioning chilled me to the bone and spoiled the air that I breathed. I felt barren and disheartened when it suddenly hit me. I had been tricked by the media, my family, and the dominant social order. Distraught, I flew home to have a talk with my dad in person. I told him I wanted to leave IBM. As he encouraged me to stick with it for professional reasons, my eyes welled up with tears. To his credit, He saw my pain and immediately said, Come home, you can live with us. In those days, IBM employees were lifers. It was rare and shocking if someone left the family. I did it anyway. As soon as my things were packed up, I drove north to live in my parents' basement, leaving behind my past and arriving home with no identity, purpose, goals, or friends. I also arrived with no reason to live. I spiraled into a deep depression. Staring at one wall, I lay there for weeks, releasing a range of soft cries and loud sobs. Eventually, as the weeks turned into months, I ran out of tears. Still, every task felt insurmountable. I could not make my body get up to exercise take a shower, or even sit under a tree. 
No one I knew could relate to my despair, not my friends nor my parents. Whenever I tried to talk about intimate, honest feelings, the responses were something like this. You're so lucky. I don't feel sorry for you. You have everything. You're tall, blonde, and pretty. You have money and a good job. You have a family. Get over it. Stop feeling sorry for yourself. I knew it was true. I was lucky and blessed, but that made me feel worse. I found myself wondering how I could possibly be sad. There must be something wrong with me, I thought. As dark thoughts looped in my mind with no resolution, I wondered if I was crazy. It felt as if I were standing tightly pressed between two cement walls that were smashing my nose, chest, and toes. Trapped. I only saw two ways out. Slide to the right and return to high tech as a yuppie, or slide to the left and commit suicide to release myself from this hell. Going to the left felt better than the right. For hours and days, I fantasized about various ways to end my life. Imagining blood and the pain made me faint. There was no way I could slit my wrists. Instead of a garage, we had a carport, so I could not poison myself with carbon monoxide. I did not know how to make a noose. And of course, my parents were health nuts, so there were no pills to be found in the house. My mother vacillated. Sometimes she quietly sat by my side with genuine compassion. Other times she gave me a pep talk with a get-up-and-go attitude. My sisters were busy teenagers at 13, 14, and 15 years old. I hardly ever saw them. My father was quite annoyed. When he came down to visit, it irked him to find me on the couch, limp and ragged with a drooping face and messy hair. One time he sat at my feet and made an effort to be nice, but I was unresponsive. It caused him to launch into a lecture. As he tried to coax me right out of the house, his words fell on deaf ears and slid off my listless body. Finally, one day, my apathy, which presented to him as me being lazy, triggered a rumble and a growl. I've had enough of this. Your mother and I have let you sit here and rest long enough. You are disrupting the family and it's not fair to your little sisters. The truth in his words scared me enough to perk up. I didn't want to be a burden. I, I just didn't know what to do. My defenses had collapsed, and my mind drifted off, thinking of all the things he had said to me over the years that I was never able to question. When he finished his speech, I lifted my head from the pillow to face him and said, Dad, when you say all women are a pain in the ass out in public, and you admonish young men to never get married, it hurts me. I'm a woman. He responded quickly with sass. Well, that's how I feel. I looked at him and I cried, I want to die. I want to kill myself. And he said, well, hurry up and do it if that's what you want. Devastated and confused, I had no comeback and, felt, and fell silent. I was a caged and defeated animal lying on the couch and staring at the wall. As I contemplated my life and myself, I felt trapped cut off from my intuition, 
instinct and spontaneity. I was ruled by the voices in my head. What I didn't know was that the voices were not mine. They were the result of outside conditioning, which I had never learned or been encouraged to question. Worse, I didn't realize that the source of my thoughts and beliefs actually mattered because they were creating my reality. My healing could only begin with a passionate quest to remember my inner value. That's the end of my reading. Thank you for listening. I'd like to thank Lucinda for sharing her book with us today, and thank you for listening to the Author's Read podcast. Be sure to check out the show notes for the link to the book. If you'd like to support the Author's Read podcast, please like, subscribe, or share. Until next time.